Welcome to Life in the Land of the Ice and Snow. My name is Heather, and my guest today is Shayna. Shayna, introduce yourself. Where are you from, and when did you come to Sweden, and why? Oh, okay. So um, my typical way I introduce myself in Sweden is you're always going to remember my name because it sounds exactly like the way you say hello, like Shayna. Right, That's one really of the good. many reasons I love this country. So every, you know, like I'm walking down the street and I hear Shayna, Shayna. I'm like, oh yeah, no, they didn't want me. <laughs> Originally, I'm from Canada, uh, born in Edmonton, raised in Winnipeg. So Winnipeg is my hometown, and uh, I've been here for eight years now. Eight years this month. Oh, so you came in January? Yeah, mm. yeah. <laughs> and you stayed. Well. Yeah, where I come from. It's, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah minus right. forty. I think is the wind chill with the wind chill today. Yeah. <laughs> so this is like this is a summer's day here. Anything's a summer's day here. <laughs> okay. So what brought you to Sweden? I would what you classify as a love refugee. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it's not my Swede that brought me here. It's me that brought us here. I think. I well, at least I'd like to think so. So the long short story is: twelve years ago, I almost bought a house in my hometown. Mm-hmm. And my grandma, who's amazing, I have a picture of her, my grandma and David Bowie. Like, that's how amazing she is. Oh, yes. Very she, cool grandma. Very cool grandma. <laughs> She's like, do you want to buy a house in this city that is minus 40 in the winter? Or do you want to go traveling like you've been talking about for your entire life? So I, I did. And I basically bought a one-way ticket to Ireland because I really like the Irish accent. Wow. Yeah. Like, I didn't know a soul. I didn't have a job. I just picked up and went. I'm with you on the Irish accent. Right? It's, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, oh, there's just something about it. Um, and four months in, I met my Swede. Uh, we met each other at a white trash themed barbecue. He was in a white beater <laughs> with ketchup stain. It was love at first sight. What a catch. <laughs> I mean, but you yeah. met your Swede where? In Ireland? In, yeah, in Dublin. Okay. And yeah. what was he doing there? So he actually, he left, so he's from Pitio. Uh He mm-hmm. came to Stockholm and then just got so fed up with things not working, like trains and being delayed. And yeah, so he ended up going over to work for Xerox. Um, Anyway, so he moved there uh, a year before I did. And then just we had like this Norwegian, Swedish, Danish, Canadian, Australian mix of people that would just have themed barbecues. And eventually we met each other at one. And yeah, we were, well, we weren't together when we first met, um, but we would see each other at all the parties. At one of the parties at the end of the summer, he's like, Shana, and I'm like, Peter, and he's like, Somebody stole all my beer. And I'm like, oh my God, I have beer. So I shared my beer and he's like, I've been meaning to ask you out. It's like this glow just right? came about you. Exactly. Oh, the lady <laughs> with the beer. Exactly. So yeah, so we were in Ireland for about a year and then my visa ran out and we liked each other, but we didn't like each other enough to get married for a visa. So we had gone over for a weekend trip to Scotland and really fell in love with the city of Edinburgh. So we're just like, let's move here. Okay. Same thing. Didn't know a soul. Didn't have a job. Ah, to be young and adventurous. Exactly, right? (laughs) And we both lucked out. He got a job with the company that he just left this year. So he was with them for almost 12 years. And I got a job for a property company, meaning that we had our pick of the litter for apartments. (laughs) Smart. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And then we were there for almost five years. And that's where we had got married, had our first kid. And then when he knocked me up with our second, I said, this land of Sweden that you've been talking about, it sounds so magical. We're moving. And he's like, oh, okay. I'm like, let's go. And then my best friend from home actually lives here. So she also married a Swede. She met him in Winnipeg. Wow. Uh, and so she had been telling, oh, you should come to Sweden. So I came to visit her. And I'm like, this, this city's amazing. And his company had an office here. So he got a transfer. And So how old was your son when you moved? He was a year and a half. Okay. Yeah. And then so you had your second uh, in Stockholm? Yeah. Ah, yeah. Okay. How was that? You know, honestly, it was night and day from having a first kid in 
the UK where uh, the drugs are at plenty. <laughs> yeah. The drugs. I was like. <laughs> no, but I get the same idea in the U.S. And that's what I say, too. It's yeah. like all my friends got all the drugs when they had their babies. But over here, I got an aspirin. Gasnair. Oh, did you get gas there, though? <laughs> I got I did get laughing gas. Yeah. And the second time I only got laughing gas afterwards. Then I'm like, I have some pain. And they said, oh, here's here's an aspirin. <laughs> Do you remember, though, the English-speaking mums, like the old-school one that was offline before Facebook? But uh, I remember posting in there, and I'm like, hi, I'm coming over. I'm having my first kid. What's it like here? Tell me about, can I get this drug? <laughs> And I was made to feel like a drug addict. So, they're like, do you know what you had in Scotland? I said, no. They're like, that's like morphine. Like, or no, they said it's like it's heroin. It's a form of heroin. And Seriously. I, like, that's why I felt so great. <laughs> My God, it was awesome. So what about uh, when you came getting a job <clears throat> and everything? Yeah. How how did that work out? So I came over pregnant, so I had my second son and did the whole mama leg, mama fika, you know, <laughs> trying to get into that scene and meeting some amazing people. Like some of my best friends today are the people that I knew in that early days, trying to figure out the country, riding the bus for free with a stroller. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best here uh, in, in Stockholm is that yeah. you can ride the public, well, you can ride the bus for free with a stroller. Exactly. But then if you live way outside of the city, then yeah. you've got to fight the other people with the strollers because yes. buses only fit usually around three. Yeah. Oh, and you have to fight the old people who have the walkers because they also get to go on for exactly. free. Yeah. yeah, I've had a few times where people like cut the line like, no, and I'm yeah. always the older people, right? No, no, <laughs> no? actually it wasn't. <laughs> no, there's certain parts of the city where there's a like just a gaggle of people with strollers so uh. and they know if they don't get on that bus like the next one's not coming for another half an hour so they yeah they're sneaky yeah <laughs> they need a queue system at the like at the bus stop like they do everywhere else i know yeah take a number the swedes love to queue except for when it comes to fighting over strollers yeah. i'd say they're pretty good at getting into the subway and bus normally yeah. but yeah. if you have something that makes it free then it's it have goes crazy have you ever crazy. done the thing though with the you know just to the queuing system have you ever just stood in the line not knowing why you're standing in that line. Have you done that yet? Like sometimes no. I go somewhere and like there's a line, I get in it and I'm like thinking it's the line for something and then I realize people just, you know, they for- we form lines when you see line and it's a very Swedish thing from what I've heard. Yeah. I, I guess a few times, but I was meaning to go in a line and didn't realize that this this was just people standing. Yeah, I've done it a couple of times, but it hasn't been for too long at least. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so to answer your question about jobs, let's see. I did the mamalytic thing, and then when it was time to get a job, uh, I was like, all right, I'll dust off my CV, roll up my sleeves, and get out there. And I'm like, I speak fluent enough English as a native English speaker. My English actually probably is terrible. But like, I've got a good experience. Like, you know, I've done a lot of really cool things, and so I started applying for cool companies. And I would get to the final interviews with some pretty big name companies and be like, it's between you and somebody else. And then that inevitable story, well, we've gone with somebody else because they speak Finnish. And I'm like, hang on a second. Nowhere (laughs) in your application did it say anything about, oh, it did say another Nordic language. But like, seriously, who speaks Finnish? So what kind of work did you do before you came? (laughs) I am formerly trained as a sign language interpreter. Wow. In American Sign Language or Canadian Sign Language. Which does you no good in Sweden. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> it's so useless. Yeah. I mean, I never thought I would have packed a bag and moved to Ireland and this would have been my life. So I kind of, I had a plan. Um, but I had also worked for Ticketmaster for a number of years in Canada while doing my education. So I came from the technological side of the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I moved abroad, I ended up working for a teleco company uh, in Ireland and then went to the property company in Scotland. Yeah, then when I got here, I was 
kind of going for those same things. Like, let's find a tech company that's doing something cool that has English as a company language. And that's the good thing about the tech companies is they often need native English speakers. Exactly. So it's a good place to apply. Uh, so I would get to these interviews and be like, you between somebody else, didn't get it. Started to like go, what's wrong with me? Do I need to change my name to something Swedish sounding? <laughs> Do I need to, like, obviously I'm trying, the language is... Um, it's on my goals, you know, it's on my list. <laughs> but so I would get to the final interview and eventually, you know, my will was broken. I was up to the point where I'm like, you know, why did we move to Sweden? What, you know, what can I do here? And that summer, so that would have been the summer of 2013 or 2014, we went back to Canada, you know, to go visit family and to have a holiday. And uh, my mom, who is my rock star, she is, she's always been doing nonprofit work in really special spaces. So for example, you, you know, Make-A-Wish. Yes. So she started the first ever Make-A-Wish in Canada, but it was called the Rainbow Society. So she launched that the year after I was born and was fulfilling these beautiful dreams of terminally ill children. Yeah, and wonderful like The first wish she ever had granted was with Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. So like my whole childhood growing up has been crazy stories about celebrities, <laughs> like Hulk Hogan used to babysit me kind of stories. We got to get back to that in yeah. a second, but finish your story. <laughs> But my life with her has always been, if there is an event happening, like, you're there. Like, you're volunteering. You're part of it. And so that summer we went home, and she was working for a different organization at the time. There was an event called Color Me Rad, which was a fun run, a 5K fun run, like the color run, that partnered with her charity because what they would do is they would find a charity they would give them money in like they would give a proportion of the proceeds to give back to that community and so it was on while we were visiting and she's like you're working it and like yeah, of, course. <laughs> of course so I ended up like working with these guys for four days volunteering doing everything from the registration to the color stations to just whatever they needed help with and I met the team and I'm like these guys are amazing and I sat there and I said you know I live in Scandinavia I live in Sweden which is one of the biggest running countries in the world. Why doesn't this event exist here? And the organizers were like, well, we don't know anyone. And it was a light bulb moment. I'm like, well, now you do. So I came back with like this invigoration and this drive and this brand and an identity. And all of a sudden, here I am, I'm contacting, you know, Stockholm, Gothenburg, Oslo, setting up like venue appointments and trying to explain this event that's going to come over here and get the city kind of up and running because there was nothing in the time. I didn't realize that you're the one who brought that over. Yeah. <laughs> I know that you're involved in so many like events and things like that because it seems like, half the time when I go to an event, it's like, <laughs> oh, Shana's in charge of it. <laughs> Yeah, but there's a lot of behind the scenes. But that is wonderful. That's gotten very popular. Yeah, you know, so, but here's the funny story, and nobody knows the difference, but Color Me Rad, we were the first ones, so we launched Stockholm, Gothenburg, Oslo. We did this incredible first year of events and had, I think, over 20,000 people, which was incredible for no yes. marketing budget. Like, it's kind of like a startup. Like, we scaled with no capital based on just word of mouth, and those photos are amazing, right? But then at the end of the summer, the color run came, and <laughs> nobody knows the difference between the two, which is fine, right? But they're like, oh, that event looks so cool, and I missed it. Or people were like, you want to throw what at me? What's going on? <laughs> and then they saw it, and they're like, they went to the second one, and then they got all the recognition, Aww. and people never knew the difference. Again, totally fine but after that first year's event uh what ended up happening was i'm like you know i got a spark i had i had proof of concept i had like an identity and a job came up for a 
ticketing technology company and I had worked at Ticketmaster and I had done this event yes. and their main client was the Color Run. So I ended up getting that job and working with them for two years, learning everything about the event industry, the politics, the behind the scenes, who does what, where and how, and just really sort of owned that space. And it was so much fun. And from there on in, every other job I've been getting is pure networking and by accident. So it's dealing with events, especially in Sweden or in Stockholm. Yeah. What's the what are the easier parts and what are the most difficult things? I think difficulty wise, it's venues. There is not mm. a lot of venues that number one that are affordable. Mm-hmm. They're very expensive. Um, and to think if it's a ticketed event, you need to convince people to come and sell X amount of tickets in order to mainly break even, right? And then you need sponsors. Oh. I went after all the big names of companies and they were all open to it because they want that brand recognition. They want that fun element because there wasn't many other events doing that. So, um, and venue wise, I remember trying to contact the city of Stockholm and explain this event to get a city permit. It was impossible. I ended up speaking to uh, Yardet, mm-hmm. right? Because that's where they had the Shemilan, right? right? And yeah. I'm like, this would be a great event. It's a big uh, field. It's a big field. But mm-hmm. what I learned about that is that it's owned by the royal family. Yes, I yeah. knew that. So, I mean, I learned so much by just asking questions. Uh, so did you have to call up and go, hey, King, <laughs> hey, King. Uh, I need a bar in exactly. your field. But the color run came in and they did an event and then they went through the city and then they moved it to Globin and that was down to somebody had connections to somewhere and it's all about your connections. And that, you know, that's kind of what I wanted to segue into is that when it comes to jobs, it's all about your connections. I've learned the same exact thing. Yeah. So you got to play those connections as much as you can. Yeah. And I think the best piece of advice is just to accept every invitation, go out, chat with people, get to know them. It's really wonderful for making connections and getting jobs. Yeah. And so for all those people that are struggling to get jobs here, I say like, go out and join groups. It's really good to join. Find some people on the internet. See if somebody wants to meet up, you know, hey, I want to go see this movie. Anybody else want to come? Hey, I want to go to this concert. And if the group doesn't exist, build the group. Yes. Yeah. Is there anybody else here who's into photography? Is there anybody else who wants to jog in my neighborhood? I mean, it's kind of tough when your self-esteem has been crushed (laughs) because you're having such a hard time and you don't feel like yourself anymore. But you've really just got to get out there and meet people and do activities. Just get out of the house. But uh, what are you doing now? Uh, So now I joined the team at Singularity University Nordic and I am their event producer. Uh, And community activation manager is my title. So, yeah, we uh, basically we have a touring uh, summit it goes from different countries every year. So last year it was in Stockholm. It was in Sweden. And this year it's going to be in Helsinki in Finland. Oh. So I'm learning absolutely everything that I can about Finland right now. And also don't drink the long drink. Have you ever had that? No. That's amazing. But don't drink it. It's so sneaky. The long drink. So in Finland they have this famous drink. But in the 1950s, this is the story I heard when I was in Helsinki recently. In the 1950s they had the Olympics. Sure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Full disclaimer, if I'm lying, don't hold me to it. Uh, they had the Olympics or they had some sort of big sports festival and the country ran out of alcohol. <laughs> and so what they started doing was like whatever was left on the shelf, they made a drink. And it was this drink that is now famous in Finland. And it's like gin and grapefruit juice. Okay. It's really, no, it is. It actually is really good. But it's sneaky because you'll have like, and it's 13%, I think, or something Mm -hmm. crazy, something high, but you'll have like three or four and you keep drinking them. Because you don't think there's much in it. It's the sugar in it. Okay, good tip Mm. if if you travel into (laughs) Finland. (laughs) Yeah, or Mintu, which is their mint shot. Right, you've had okay. that. But I have to say, we just brought some back from Finland yeah. for the Christmas season. Put a little bit of that, just like a deciliter, into your hot chocolate. Warm it up. That would be oh, amazing. It's really, really good. Yeah, that sounds amazing. 
I'm sure I've told you previously the story of Alexander Skarsgård. No. One of the reasons I wanted to move to Sweden, too. <laughs> I, I think he's phenomenal, right? And yeah. he's definitely not hard on the eyes. And so when we moved here and when I was pregnant with uh, my second Hudson, I through one of my jobs, um, I had the opportunity to go to Way Out West. And there's a rumor that he's always there every summer. You should explain Way Out West just ah. in case not everybody knows what it is. Okay. So Way Out West is a music festival that's held in Gothenburg every year. That year there was Sia playing and... Morrissey. Anyway, so because of the work thing, you know, we were there in the cordoned off VIP area. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> and um, I remember walking through the crowd and hearing a journalist talking to some girls being like, Alexander Skarsgård's here in Swedish. I'm like, I understood that. And my ears perked up. <laughs> you understand the important things exactly. really early. Right? So my ears perk up and I'm like, okay, he's somewhere in these grounds. In these grounds of like 30,000 people, he is somewhere here. And so for the rest of the day, I was just sitting there going, okay, where is he? And in the corner of my eye, I see him and he's walking and I'm like, okay, he's leaving the VIP or I have to go find him. So I dart, but it's like that kind of funny run where you're trying not to run and look, trying to look normal. And I get in front of what I didn't know was his bodyguard. And I tap <laughs> him on the shoulder and I'm like, Alex, uh, you know, a, uh, word vomit, right? I'm like, do I speak Swedish or English or what do I do? I mean, uh, and so I'm like, listen, I'm a big fan. Can I have a photo? And he's like, yeah, sure, of course. And then he puts his arm around me and we take this beautiful photo. And I'm like, oh my God, my dreams just came true. I didn't say anything inappropriate. And then, <laughs> the first call is to my husband and I'm like oh my god oh my god he's like you met Alex didn't you and I'm like yeah oh my god and I sent him a photo he's like you know good for you like pat on the back slow clap and then later that evening we had a party at one of the hotels and he was there yeah. right and so I have another photo with him from the hotel and then my husband's like stop it Shane <laughs> that's enough now it's over and then I saw him again the next night I'm like okay this is my yeah uh I know what I wanted to discuss with you. Yes. And that is the absolutely wonderful best pastry in the world that is about to be sold here in oh. Sweden. Oh. Please tell me that you don't dislike this. I hate them. No. <laughs> what is wrong with you? So you're Canadian who doesn't know enough about hockey and you live in Sweden and you're not crazy about the semla because it is semla time. When is it? When does it start? Now. I think it starts a little bit after Christmas, yeah. so a little after New Year's, and then it runs until Easter. No, not Easter. Lent. This is all that gets me through January and February really? is that every Tuesday we get a semla. It's the most incredible pastry I've ever had in my life. Really? I wrote down a few facts about it today because <laughs> that's what I like to do with my time. So let's see. They've been described as doughy balls of sin, which I can agree with. So they're made with uh, cardamom-flavored dough. It's a wheat bun, and you cut off the top of it, and the filling is almond paste, uh, milk, and whipped cream. And it's just so good. I love it. Where, it's, the, where do you get the best one? Okay, I'm going to get to that. Okay, okay. Sorry, skipping ahead. <laughs> yes, because the similar similar is such a huge thing in Sweden during January, February, and they always have in the papers where they send out reporters to do taste testing, and it's a huge thing when that issue comes out of uh -huh. Metro that says, okay, here are the 10 best semlas and here's the best cafes. Wow. And it's such a, it, I love it because that's like the big news for 
for the day. You know, we don't care about anything else. It's just we need to know where we can find the best pastry. My whole thing about how great these are is that a king died from eating too many. What a great way to go. It was King Adolf Frederick of Sweden. He died in 1771. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Let's see. After consuming a meal consisting of lobster, caviar, sauerkraut, smoked herring, and champagne, but it was topped off by 14 helpings of similar. Oh my god. Yes. And all I can think when I'm eating one is like, I understand. So do you have one per day or one per week or how does it work? Okay, so if I had one per day, I'd die, I think. Because how many calories in one? Not that I'm a calorie counter, but how many? So many. So many. <laughs> yes, I would I would either die of a heart attack or I would be as big as King Adolf Frederick, probably. So what we do, see, they're originally supposed to be only eaten on the Tuesday before Lent. Which is, is that Fat Tuesday? Yes, Fat Tuesday. Right. Appropriate. Okay. And I, I know that some countries do pancakes and we do different pancakes, things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're supposed to eat it on the Tuesday before Lent. So what we do and what a lot of other Swedish families do is we just get them, once they're available, we get them each Tuesday. And we do not allow ourselves to have any during the rest of the week. Of course, if somebody brings some to work or, you know, you're offered one for free, that might be different. But yeah, every Tuesday. Big, right? I mean, they like, are big. They're like the size of a head. <sighs> and they're so good. So they're like between 35 and 50 crowns usually. And well, but it's, they're, it's affordable. Yeah, right? it, but there is a difference in the quality of them. Um, so where I like to go mm-hmm. is in Hammerby Holstad, where we're recording right now. It's called Magnus Johansson's Cafe. They are excellent. And on Fat Tuesday, at least it's been my experience the past couple of times, there's a man who stands outside in a tuxedo and a top hat. He has little glasses full of something to drink because the line goes so far oh, out wow. the door of this bakery. It's known to be so, if so you good. accidentally stand in that line, you're okay. Yeah, yeah, it ends up pretty good. (laughs) And I think it's so much fun that everybody lines up for these things, especially on that day. But you got to go early because they'll run out. But the other super cool thing about that cafe, and no, I haven't bought this, is they are famous because they made the world's most luxurious Simla. So this Simla was regular dough filled with ecological Spanish almonds and vanilla from Mexico. The cream had a champagne taste, and the entire top was covered in 18 karat gold leaf. Price 995 crowns. Did so about 100 bucks. Did somebody buy it? The article I read at the time, and I didn't follow this up because yeah. this was a year or two ago, at the time that they interviewed him, only one person had <laughs> purchased it. But all the proceeds from that particular Simla, or most of the proceeds, were going to an orphanage in Nepal. So it was kind of a publicity thing yeah. as well. But I just thought that was hilarious. Wow. No, I wouldn't pay that. They're good, but they're not 995 crowns good. Okay. Do you have any tips or anything? Because you're an event person, mm. so is there um, anything tips. coming up? Or anything so that you like things to do? Coming up on, uh, I don't know if you know this, but I do a pop-up co-working event. No, it's called Out of Office. It's about spontaneous co-working. So basically, I I had one here at GoTo10. So I just do them because I used to work in an office where nobody spoke to each other and I'm a people person. And so I did it and we had it and it's sort of become this thing now. So we do them every once a month. They're very spontaneous. You just kind of know what's happening maybe a few weeks before and you basically bring your computer, your good energy. Uh, We try to get work done, but a lot of it is just chatting and me introducing people. I'm like, oh, you work with this. You need to meet this person. And and I've said it to friends that are looking for jobs here. 
like, you know what? Come and do it with us, with other people around you. Like, people are willing to help and listen and bounce ideas. Around here, you'll go a lot farther if you meet people face-to-face. Exactly. Who can connect you with other people. But, yeah, I've been doing them consistently for the past, I'd say, two years. That's a good idea. Yes, I will. Uh, So I guess those would be my tips. But, yeah, get out there more. (laughs) Yeah, I think in the winter, it's especially important to have certain things to look forward to. I think this is the time of year that we invite the most people to dinner because a lot of people don't want to be outside during it's so dark and you get so tired. So you have to have events or have small little get togethers or parties or do something because otherwise it gets depressing, especially around like February when you've just had enough of this darkness. (laughs) However, though, when I moved here, I mean, I wasn't used to the darkness. I mean, it does get it does get dark in Canada, but probably not as dark. I don't remember it getting dark. But as a mom of two boys, Mm -hmm. I always used to get really excited when I got dark and I was still out. I'm like, oh, my God, I have a nightlife. I didn't have kids. I'm like, I can, I'm partying at three o'clock in the afternoon. Yes. I can have my mojito. <laughs> so like, that's kind of my interpretation of Sweden in the darkness. That's right? a good way to look right? at it. Yeah. Like, oh, now I'm a night person. Exactly. I can actually stay out after. I can't, I can't stay up for these concerts that start at like 11 or midnight. And... Or 9 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even that's too late. I swear when I was younger, the concert started at like 7 p.m. Yeah. And that's when they started. Yeah. And they came on time. And that's the thing. They start here and start my experience with the smaller venues and smaller concerts is like they'll say 10 o'clock but then everybody just kind of knows that they're not going to come on stage like 11.30. And it just drives me crazy. Well, then yeah. say 11.30. Yeah, that's my rant. <laughs> Actually, you know, and that just made me think of something else I'm super excited about. Mm-hmm. Melody Festival. And yes, that's a very good thing, soon, too. Right? Yes. So do you want to go into the description of what this is for people who don't know or maybe don't live in a country with the Eurovision Song Contest. All right. So Melody Festival is the qualification and the lead up to find Sweden's champion to go into Eurovision. And it's kind of like a live American Idol sort of style without the judging, right? Well, actually, with not with well, judging, no, but, but with like... It's judging at home. You The viewers you vote, watch. Right? So they pick how many... Oh, is it 25 12? countries or... From, but for Melody Festival or? No, no, no. For Eurovision. They pick, oh gosh. Well, 20 of the finals. There's only like 20 countries in the finals. Somewhere? We have to look this up. Yes, Let's exactly. Let's just say. <laughs> Google that, it. Uh, <laughs> you can tell I don't keep up with Eurovision. So the, the Eurovision finals are like between 20 and 30 countries. Yeah. And they're all European countries. But we do have more countries than spaces. So you do have to qualify. They're not all European countries. Now Australia, Australia has right? joined because yeah. they are just ABBA Eurovision crazy. Yeah. And so though we let them in. Yeah. <laughs> but I enjoy Melody Festival more than Eurovision. Because so, you be kind of like you develop a relationship with all the different acts watching it over the the weeks. Yeah. So how many weeks is it until okay. they choose the finalist? Is it three or four weeks? So they they have it it's, in a different Swedish town. Yeah. And you have a certain number of Swedish singers or bands who perform a song. You vote with your phone. It's every Saturday night for like a month. And at the end, you know, they narrow it down, and then you have your big final, yeah. which is usually about the first week in March. Yeah. Then they pick the final. Who's gonna go on to compete in Eurovision and it's kind of nice because it gets the whole country banding together and I think it works that way for a lot of countries who care but I have to say that I think the Nordic countries 
care a lot more than some other countries. I had Italian friends, and Italy won second place one year. Yeah, but they don't have a melody festival. Like, they don't have a lead-up always, right? That might be what the thing is, because mm-hmm. they weren't aware of it at all. They're like, we didn't even know we had an entry. It's not a big thing in Italy. Yeah. So I guess it, it is a big thing yeah. in Sweden, and everybody talks about it. Yeah. And that's all anybody writes about, and you have to know the people who are competing and singing. Yeah. It's always a lot of fun. I mean... As an American, I find the whole Eurovision thing hilarious because... It's so uh, tacky. Yes. Right? Yeah. That's what makes it so amazing. I know. It's wonderful. You have, like, people in disco outfits. One year it was these old, very old Russian ladies in folk yeah. costumes. And it's really fun. It's just it's a fun so thing. Fun. And a lot of Swedes, every Saturday for a Melody Festival and the build-up, they'll also have get-togethers and parties. Yep. You might be able to find a bar or a club to go to to watch it with a lot of people. It's a good way to get into Swedish culture, maybe I think. that's why they did it because we talked about if it's in February, you know, finding your your tribe, your hibernation crew. Yeah. Right? They, that's like, we a good need way. something. And maybe the country did that on purpose to make sure people are getting out and forming relationships. And it's funny. It's a good reason to have people over and just laugh at everybody. But anyway, I think yeah. that wraps everything up. Yeah, um, thank you for having me. Yes, thank you so much for coming. Well, anytime. This is fun. <laughs> Do you have like a way you sign off? No, I need to come up with a way. Do you have suggestions? Maybe with a, um, a, a Swedish, oh, a Swedish phrase. Hmm. Like, what's your favorite Swedish phrase? And like, mine is Ingen Cooper Eason. <laughs> no cows on the ice. No Inge- cows on the ice. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Don't you know that one? No. Yeah. There Inge- are so many Inge- strange Inge- phrases. Inge- how do you say cow? Uh, don't make me say cow. I can't say it. <laughs> or how do you say nurse? Can't do that one either. I swear, it, Swedes give us a break on the SJ thing because we, we, we're we not born with those kind of vocal skills. Yeah, Especially if you want to say the nurse works at a hospital. That's even worse. Yeah. Like the... <laughs> I can't do it at all. I just, you know. But in Pitio, up north, it's all mm-hmm. shoe. Ah, uh, that's a little easier. And I hear if you say shoe in Stockholm, you're very posh. Oh, really? So. Oh, well, I'll just switch to that. There then. we go. I'm such a posh person. <laughs> okay, so let's see. I don't have a favorite Swedish phrase. Uh, Rea. Sale. That's one of mine. Uh, <laughs> gratis. Gratis mat. Free food. <laughs> I have to work a little on my phrases, I think, to get something as cool as no cows on the ice. And again, what does it mean? I don't know. Gotta ask a Swede. Yeah, exactly. Ask a Swede. (laughs) There's the ending. Ask a Swede. This week, an assignment for everyone. Ask a Swede for a very strange Swedish word or phrase. It's part of of your uh, fitting in to the culture. Hashtag ask a Swede. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) All right. Goodbye. (laughs)